wanna so. I'm gonna jump in and say all of our listeners popping in, unscripted exchanges. Welcome to Unscripted Exchanges again. So excited to hear be here. As you can hear, we've got Mr. Ben Terrablanche. That's how you pronounce your last name, right? Okay, I got spot on. You got it. I've read it 75 times. I'm like, <laughs> I've never actually asked him how to pronounce it, but we've got Ben here. Ben is a lifetime, lifelong entrepreneur. He has started and exited several companies. I know he's still involved in several businesses. Um, a huge family man, a mentor of mine. He's taught me a ton. He's still probably going to teach me some more stuff and Hayden some stuff during the episode. So this is going to be a, a super, super, super fun, fun conversation. So Ben, thanks for coming on, man. No, absolutely. This yeah, is great. Appreciate it to be on here. The energy's going up. As nice. like I'm getting excited as we're nice talking. To, nice to uh, see you guys uh, with this type of thing. That's great. Was this plan? I think we're all wearing gray tops tonight. I, I texted him. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to be all <laughs> gray sweaters. <laughs> yeah. No. And this is this is because uh, I was just in Switzerland three weeks ago, and my wife organized my little cashmere shirt. Oh, you, you know, got all set uh, up sweatshirt. So you guys are, you know, are are quite there. You want to know with, how many with European fashion? You want to know how many clothes? I have bought for myself in the past zero, <laughs> literally. I, I, That's the kind of wardrobe I like. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I want. I'm like, man, she's like, well, are you ever going to buy your own clothes? I said, not if you keep picking my stuff out. Like, you oh, know no. what looks good better than I do. Isn't that great, though, oh, to, to have something that you like, uh, and then you don't have to decide about that. Yeah, you just take so, it. It just, yeah, yeah. It just flows out of the memory. I, I like to compare myself to Steve Jobs. In yeah, that. he had that. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not yeah. quite on his level. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start wearing black turtlenecks here yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. So, Ben, was uh, you were just talking about your pilot's license. Why, why did you even get into that? Like, what what was the driver? Just because it was something sounded fun or... No, it's something that we've that I've always thought about. I tried to get my license twenty years ago, okay, and I actually got um, unfortunately disrupted by nine eleven. Mm. I got very close to the to the, my check ride and everything, okay, and then general aviation got disrupted. There was like a moratorium on it, and um, when when that got lifted six months later, it was winter and. I was soloing, this was, you know, 2002, um, but there's, a, there's with, with flying, there is currency and proficiency. Okay. Uh, yes, you might be, from a regulation point of view, you might be in good shape, but are you feeling comfortable? Are you proficient? Are you um, on top of everything? And I lost that momentum. Oh. And then it really got, you know, with the other uh, impact of back in those those years, you know, um, early 2000s, was to focus back on the business. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, yeah, had to plow everything that I had back into that. And so that got on the back burner. Yeah. And, and now then, you're coming back uh, around then it. Then I retired, uh, quote, unquote, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the opportunity, you know, so I explored at Lunken and, you know, they've, they've got a pretty nice program over there. So I, you're doing that Lunken? I would assume you're a pretty calm and collected person because any type of pilot needs to be possessing those types of skills, I would assume, and you're not. It's very um, uh, regulated from the point of view of checklists. Mm. 
um, they kind of work against complacency sure. and being too familiar. Uh, they want you attentive and, you know, on top of it and don't take shortcuts because, oh, I remember how to do that. You know, I don't have to take the checklist. So that's um, what they harp on. They want you basically attentive and at, like, it's not like yeah. I mean, we've all driven a car, right? You're, yeah. you're driving and you're like, hey, wait a second. I missed that turn. Yeah, or, you're, or you're like, I'm home. You're pulling your yeah. driveway. You're like, yeah. I don't, what happened? I don't how remember that? how I got here. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, like, what's the opposite that, of that? No, no. So that's not how that is. It's, okay. it's very, I found the radio pretty hard to get into. You know, I'm South African and mm -hmm. um, I'm never going to get rid of this accent. I've got this piece of land in Kentucky where we raise... Um, uh, Angus beef cattle. Really? Yeah, I've got um, seventy head there, and uh, we're gonna come back now to my neighbor. That. Okay, he has an accent. Like a Kentucky. I mean, he can speak accent? without moving his lips. <laughs> he, he can. I'm down here in a holler. If you want to come get me, so I mean, I'm now. I'm gonna be with my South African accent, whatever that is. Yeah. So when I'm back in South Africa, which I haven't been in a while. Uh, Hoping next year. Um, got some family there. Still. Okay. Um, I have an American accent. So, so you, I'm in no man's land. <laughs> you're uh, in the middle. Yeah. Um, I want to come back uh, to that real fast. You're, 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 a, you're a farmer too. Where, why did you get it? Like, what that, caused that, you that? That is tradition. My okay. dad had a farm in Africa. Uh, my grandpa. I never grew up on it. We lived in the town, okay. in, in, in the city. Um, but we had like a small, smallish family farm over there. Okay. Yeah. So you just wanted, you wanted to bring that tradition over here. It's nice though. Um, we're near Cynthiana over there. Okay. Um, and it's very rural, very quiet. I like the nature of it. Mm -hmm. um, I have help, kind of, my neighbor's son. Okay. Um, so we have a deal. And uh, so he has an interest in my cattle and okay. in the production. So I don't have to be there every day. That'd be hard to do, you know, on your own. So it, is the farm a business or is this just sustaining your own food? Okay. It's, right. it's, it's a business. Awesome. It's a, it's a, you know. Well, you mentioned it, like I've got, uh, and that's why I kind of, when you said about the cattle, I latched onto that primarily because my, on my dad's side of the family, they grew all grew up out in Moscow, Ohio, Moscow, Felicity, Ohio. Huh. And they have actually, my grandma, now my dad, my uncle, she passed away a year ago, have about, their, the home farm's got 88 acres, and then they've got another, I think, 150 spread out, some different, different farms okay. around there. But my cousin, Sarah, so they've been farmers generation after generation. My uncle still uh, does soybeans, does corn, and my cousin Sarah and her her husband Sarah he's, uh, Sarah and Josh Eisen, uh, they're both PhDs in animal science, oh. and they have their own beef company, cattle company. They actually called Flourish in Rome, and it's grass fed Angus beef. They do chickens. Yeah, that's what we do. We do natural. Yeah, we're not um, organic because then you have to go through a whole whole process. Yeah, yeah, you have to get people to come on the farm, and uh, you know we're not. We're not going 
we're not up to that. Right, right, right. But still, so, I mean, that's it's just so it's, it's just natural grass fed beef. It's just neat. I mean, when you said that, I'm like, oh, I can <clears> connect <throat> with him on that. Yeah. Um, it's a really it's a tough business. I, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to it. Oh no, it it never stops. You know, cattle ascribe to this idea of the grass is greener on the other side of mm. the fence. So, and you've got the trees that that work on your fences. Right. So they drop limbs, and then you know, and then the cattle cattle get out. Yeah, it's good for the grandkids. Uh, we hunt a little bit, you know, just for them for the for the meat. Uh huh. And um, the grandkids run around on little go-karts and stuff like that and um this uh youngest son built a tiny house there really okay so they really had fun with that we have a little farmhouse and then they have the tiny house they did a nice job actually it's not a tiny tiny house it ended (laughs) up like 30 by 40 feet okay so it's a good 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 (laughs) size it's actually a two-bedroom little house right very nice and very modern uh bit of a standout in that area is it <laughs> over there yeah um that's phenomenal and, and and so we've got uh elon's starlink there and you know really uh, uh, we've got so he's got more modern stuff you know obviously the latest the roomba it's a roomba ready little place okay and, uh <laughs> underfloor you know with uh with a heat pump yeah so. sounds like my kind of house i <laughs> yeah. love it i yeah, love it yeah. Yeah. So no forced air heating. Okay. Yeah. So it's just from the. From it's the heated concrete. from the floor. Yeah yeah. 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 Um, how many grandkids do you have? We have eight. Eight. So yeah. So they have a blast. What's the old, like oldest? The oldest is just gonna be ten. Two okay. Okay. So they're just having fun there. So if you aren't already busy, still you're even more busy with the grandchildren. Yeah. If I knew how nice grandkids were gonna be i would have skipped the kids part <laughs> no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding the kids are good uh but we we really and my wife as well i mean the kids the grandkids have her wrapped around their fingers so i mean this that's amazing so that's that's a great privilege and they're all around you know metro cincinnati so right so you, you get to see them all like on yeah. a regular basis right yeah um you and you said you hunt like you guys hunt just just deer just deer yeah deer for the meat what's the biggest you ever shot um well burn got it i want to say a pretty good one last year can it be a 12 pointer okay okay yeah, so um but i'm not into really the trophy side of things okay i hunted in africa a little bit but nothing big you know just the small antelope and that's so again cool. for the for the venison. for the yeah for yeah. the meat yeah. oh yeah i mean it's you know, it's see, I, I like to I like to go for the antlers. I love I love antler hunting, but I do like I'm only going to shoot a, a deer that I know I'm going to eat and I know we're going to process. Yeah. Um, I shot my biggest last year. I've been hunting nice. probably I think it was nine and a half years to find this buck. He ju- he scored just under a 156, just under Daniel Boone and Crockett. Wow! Yeah, m- monster, monster, and in, in Kentucky and Ohio. In oh, Ohio, yeah, okay. I shot him uh, 152 yards away, iron sight, 45 caliber. So Literally, that I don't is know, that I don't is think muzzle loader, right? No, or it's that. What what kind it was? Of a, it's a it's just a, it's a 45 rifle. Yeah, huh. it's Winchester. It's uh it's legal. You can't you can't use a what's considered high powered in Ohio, huh. um, but it's technically a legal because we have three weekends and two weeks of um, 
you know, 308, I mean, yeah. rifle, rifles. Yeah, so we can't use those up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I, I was telling him the story that weekend. I was like, yeah, I was getting all excited. I'll show him the pictures. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no idea. I'm like, it's the last day of gun season. The last 45 minutes, I'm thinking like, my dad had just shot a big one the day before. And he had walked out. So listen to this. I'll tell this story real quick. I'm going down a rabbit hole. But so it's on my grandma's farm. She passed away. And we were, I was, I mean, I, I was out there probably right before we had our second, I would probably be out for a hundred to 200 hours a, a, a season, like wow. bow season. I'm out there morning, go to work night, morning to work night. Uh, and then I'd take the whole week off for when gun season opened. So I'd taken the week off of work last year. Like I'm out there 5.30 a.m., take a lunch at noon, get back out there by two o'clock, right? All week long, Monday through Friday. And nothing, 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 nothing. I'd seen some small bucks and dough and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. It's not what I'm looking for. So Friday gets there, and I'm out all morning. My wife's like, "You told me, you told us you, this was like December 5th. She's like, "It's very." She's like, "You told me you'd hang the lights. You haven't hung the lights. Ava really wants them up. You need to do the lights." I'm like, "No, listen. Like, I gotta get out there. She, I, I need the lights done." I'm like, "Fine. You know what? I'll take the night off. I get out there tomorrow. I'm not gonna miss anything, right?" So I go to do the lights. Well. I get this text message from my dad. How's I'm doing the lights? And he's like, he's like, I, I drove out in the field with my Bronco. He has a Bronco. He's like, I drove out and I went out to the pond. He's like, I got out of my car and there was a 11 point buck standing right there. He's like, so I shot it. And he sends me a picture of him with the buck. I can, I'm not kidding you. I got so mad. I'm like, because he, he sent me a picture. I, I have to show you this afterwards. He's got his glasses on. He's got like a, he's got a dress shirt on. He's wearing like, I'm not, he's wearing Crocs. Okay. He, that's the kind of hunter he is. Like he, he went out there, went, walked around the car and it was sitting out in the field and he just put his arm off the, I'm like, you've got, I was so mad. I, it's one of those times you got to your car and I'm like, man, don't talk to me. I don't, I can't even look at you. I can't talk to you. I'm at my car and I'm like, just keep the girls in the house. I'm yelling. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm yelling a bunch of stuff. I don't really want to say on the, on the show. I'm so mad. And I'm like, good, good job, dad. I'm like, good one. I mean, this is a monster buck. So I got there the next morning and I'm like, whatever. Like I'm, I'm going to get one today. Last 45 minutes are passing and nothing. And then I see this, this guy walking out of the field and he's, I mean, he's 180 from me. I got a binos on him and he got to 150. And I'm like, He's gonna walk back in the woods. I was like, so I, I take the binos off and I got him on the iron sights, and you can't even see the deer. I mean, he's 150 yards away. With iron, you get the, I'm like, I know this thing's not gonna drop. So I boom, I shot. He puts his head up. I'm like, all right, let's try it again. I reloaded. I'm like, he's not moving. I'm like, either I scared him or I hit him. Hit him again. One of the, I almost jumped out of this. This is a 26 foot. 26 feet in the air stand didn't have a rail in the front i about i about fell out of the stand i jumped up i was so hyped i was like let's go <laughs> anyway that's my that's my hunting story oh those stories are great you, you got me in a oh, i mean it's it just like it, it was super cool so i can again i didn't know i didn't know some no, stuff so, about you. um it is you know really special to to get under the hood about how farming is done in the mm. states and uh, cattle farming and learn a lot from my from my neighbor that's awesome so, so i think that can be said about a lot of things like you know a lot of us that don't have experience in a given field kind of just we we don't think about it we take it for granted but like and i'm kind of tapping into a previous uh 
work job that I had with UPS, like people kind of think that that's pretty basic stuff, but there's a lot that goes into even delivering packages like oh, no. supply chains. Oh, no. And just hearing you mention that, like with farming, I don't know much about farming, but it's like, it's amazing. Like you can literally get into the, the weeds and it's yeah. fascinating to hear, no, you know, newfound appreciation for yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you've mentioned South Africa a few times. Like, so we, we, I mean, so I was born there. Okay. Um, and left there when I was 34. I came to the States, but I did engineering, um, worked in, uh, in engineering mechanical, okay. uh, for a number of years, um, in, in, yeah, various industries, but mostly off road, you know, transmissions, things like that. And then I, I joined. I I worked for a company that was, and that was really important for my career. Okay. Uh, I worked for a company early on that had a vision about the design process for mechanical mm. and uh, not wanting to continue doing it on the drawing board. Okay. But they wanted to, to autom or not automate, but computerize it. Okay. Um, try and visualize things in 3D and... Um, get involved so when i joined this company they they put me kind of in that area you know this is the new kid from university um what do you you know here's some computers we bought <laughs> they actually this was this is ab absolutely true the year or the guy my my manager took me into a room and said um we we turned the light on okay Kay. of this room right and it had counters all around the room with dust covers on, on this. And it said Hewlett-Packard on it, on everything. Okay. Uh, and he, like, pointed me into the room and said, Ben, see what you can figure out in this room. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to run off to a meeting. I'm, I'm like, I'm late for a meeting. Um, you know, we appreciate you being here and everything like that. But uh, I cannot give you more orientation now. Okay. And this is a like a research and development facility for uh, off-road vehicles. So um, I took the covers off and the manuals and everything and started playing around and actually uh, did enough to where when he showed up, you know, I don't want to say months later, but uh, <laughs> some time later, he was checking on me. Ben, I used to look at Yes, good. Please keep going, going, keep going. Uh, but I mean, I plowed in, and this is, uh, I think, um, one of the fundamental. If you want to say what uh, I correlate with business is uh, the notion of there's no help on the way. Mm. Uh, there's no help on the way. Mm -hmm. um, there might be a different uh, approach to life to say, look, um, I'm in a predicament. It's somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody needs to sort this out and then I'll be happy. Right. But that uh, I've never seen that really You don't subscribe happen. to it. I don't subscribe to it. I, I subscribe to the Reagan thing, which says, you know, the worst thing you're going to hear is uh, I'm here to, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. 
Uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't uh, <laughs> you know, so for us, um, so I was on my own there. I actually uh, got some books and figured out this 3D transformation of a vector uh, representation. And I did a little 3D wireframe model okay. of this particular item. And uh, when this manager showed up one day, I said, hey, 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 don't run away. Let me show you this. And on the screen, I was able to rotate this 3D wireframe. Uh, and it was, whoa, hold on. So he called his boss and then so on. And that, that really, uh, that led to um, uh, me getting included in a committee where they, um, they said, no, 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 okay. So we're not gonna write our own solution here for the modeling and for the, for the 3D stuff. But um, we want you on the, on the committee to investigate which direction we should go. Okay. So here's the you know, young engineer and, um, in, in Johannesburg, and they tell me, uh, please plan a trip for us overseas. Um, let's go look at CAD systems, 3D mechanical engineering CAD systems. And man, did I put together a trip. Uh, <laughs> You're like, it's on the company's uh, it dime. It was. Fortunately, my boss was a foodie. Okay. Uh, I came out of college. You got to imagine this. Steaks and stuff that I... It oh, you, was you hooked it up. an absolute blast. <laughs> we started in London. We went up to Edinburgh. We went to Munich, Germany, other parts of Germany. Now, at every of these places, Siemens and computer vision and some of these systems uh, were making big progress. Right. Uh, Mac, uh, McDonnell Douglas. Um, there was a system called Calma, Applicon. Uh, there was one out west, I forget the name of it, Patrick Henrady. He was big name in, in this field. Uh, we met him. Um, Silicon Valley, we went to San Jose. Oh, you went everywhere. I mean. You played a trip. We, we went to St. Louis. We went to the McDonnell Douglas factory. It was a fire, a fire hose. Uh, but <laughs> I got so excited uh, by what I saw and so completely immersed in it that I really, you know, so really became passionate about that. Okay. So that was important for my career. I, I really realized that, ooh, this is the way mm -hmm. of the future. This is how it's going to be done. When I came back, I had to write the big report, and that was okay. I was a small part for the benefit of the whole well, thing. Well, right. <laughs> and I recommended a system which they went with. And then I got aggressively pursued by one of these vendors that met me. Okay. Because um, I... I, I did a pretty sort of detailed job of, you know, they, they realized, ooh, this guy is young, but he's... He's on it. Yeah. Um, so they hired me as, a, as an engineer for him, and I, I joined, you know, they made it interesting. Okay. Was there like a non-compete clause at the time or anything like that? Or was no, it, it was non-competitive. Yeah, it was, okay. uh, you know, I was from moving from the user side to the vendor side. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> And then, um, yeah, and that's how I got started in the CAD CAM field. So it's mechanical engineering, but from a 
computer-aided design and manufacturing point of view. So so I want to kind of get into, because it sounds like that's what led up to Sigma Tech, right? Eventually, yes. Yeah, so, so you took a lot of that experience and you poured, like, you came to this this product or solution. Like, when you first started Sigma Tech, did you know where it was going to go? Did you have any idea of how, how big you could grow it? Or did you start off with, like, hey... You know, maybe I want to focus on the the niche because I mean I know you Sigma Tech is everywhere and your yeah, products. Yeah, no, I you don't. I did not visualize it. I I mean I have notes of where I wrote that if I could have fifty people, that would have been a dream come true. Right. In my own business, and when we exited, we had three hundred and fifty. Okay. Uh, people in in fifteen legal entities, you know, all over the world in different countries. So no, you don't. You cannot uh, visualize. You cannot. Um, you're surprised mm-hmm. uh, by it. Um, but I mean, there are things along the way that that really. It's not the size. It's when customers like really give you the feedback, like you know, wow, you guys are helping us. Right. That was. Vi- that is. Well, first of all, your competitor, that is ammo against your competitor because these guys have voted for you mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, they, they give you feedback of how they enjoy the benefits of it. But I mean, when I uh, came to the States, um, I had the algorithm and, um, but it was a very meager, you know, humble scenario. Okay. Um, we had a software, we had a business, so there's a piece uh, in there in the 80s that I skipped don't want to, yeah, that I skipped over. I, I taught at university for seven years Okay. Uh, in mechanical engineering, but I introduced classes about CAD CAM. Okay. So if you really want to get to know something, teach it. I love that. Um, so um, I, I, I got stuck into the math of it. I got stuck into the business side of it, the management side of it, the people side of CAD CAM. Mm-hmm. So that was very useful for me. Um, I also uh, went to business school. I did the MBA mm-hmm. and learned about marketing and branding. Mm. Um, and I, th- I benefited from that. Big time? Uh, big time. Um, I benefited from the branding side. And realizing that the sooner you can get a brand, Ben, that you can invest into, the better. Okay. Um, so that uh, paid off in the long run. Looking back now, yes. Um, and also what brand equity is, how it, how valuable it is, and how it needs to be the same uh, graphically, and you know how you careful, you have to right. be careful about it. Um. So then also at university, we had a school that was really progressive where they encouraged uh, faculty to engage in, uh, to engage in uh, industry. Right, okay. Consulting. So I did a lot of consulting work, stress analysis, you know, fatigue, vibration. I'm a professional, I'm a PE. Okay. Um, which which means what? Can you elaborate? For- a professional engineer is a certified engineer that can sign off on on certain things. Okay, okay. Uh, 
So not for buildings necessarily, but for in the mechanical space. I got you. Like, um, hey, we want to do this. Okay, yeah, I checked it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's right. Uh, we we want to hoist this thing with a cable. Can you size it for us? If okay. the cab cable breaks, you know, there's there's a lot of liability. Right, right. So um, I did crane design um, and, and that type of thing too. Anyway, so um, at that school, with the... Um, encouragement i through my earlier cat cam career i had met had main con made contacts mm -hmm. and so i cultivated those contacts and i went on for example a sabbatical okay uh, that was important uh, i went on the on a sabbatical which is time off from the school six months they get you paid uh, every so often every like six years okay. or whatever um but i arranged for another six months unpaid so you took a year off. I took a year off. Came to Michigan. And I I joined a company, not joined, yeah, I, I joined a company, um, engineering mechanics research, that uh, they were working in aerospace and automotive, okay. high-tech CAD CAM stuff. Right. And, uh, man, I learned a lot there. I learned a lot. I contributed there. Right. And these guys wanted to hire me, but I had a kid here. You know, I had uh, my son. So you had your first, you had my that. first kid was there. Okay. Then this little boy was born here. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and so they wanted to hire me uh, with the with the you know work permits and everything. I'm an immigrant. Right. right. Okay. You know, bottom line, I did the one inch of paperwork eventually to do the immigration. Right. Um. Uh, but no, my wife said, no, we want to go back. So we went back. But I then went back. And this is uh, an easy way to start a business for anybody interested. Yeah, I want to hear this one. Uh, I went back to South Africa as his rep. This guy had a good product. Okay. And uh, I said, all right, I cannot, sorry, work for you. But I'd like to be your rep in South Africa. And so he said, all right. Uh, you can be my rep, 30 points discount off list. Okay. And um, I thought that was a little bit not enough for software. <laughs> so I upped the price a little bit. Right, uh, so you can make up that difference, yeah. right. I think software is uh, should be 40. Okay. Um, also, I qualify that statement. Software can be 40 on the old model. Uh, which is the perpetual license with maintenance model. Is that basically like lifetime license? Yes. Okay. Uh, that is fading away from the landscape very fast. Okay. It's 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 going to be subscription annual. Yeah. And those margins are less. Yeah. Okay. Much less. Okay. Um, but it was an easy way to start a business. It was not enough to live off of. Right. Um, I was still teaching. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what's making that noise. I heard that too. Um, but um, I heard the yeah, okay. Not, I, somebody is. is we've got we've got some live fans here today. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, was, yeah, I was hearing that too, and I'm like, I kind of looked over at you, and I looked at Ben, and I'm like, somebody's. I, was it like a little kid? Or yeah, something? yeah. I thought I heard. That. I mean, there's a school out back there, but I, I don't know. I think, all, I think it's they, all of our fans outside. I think we've got a little audience that's <laughs> gathering around. 
here. That's uh, that's funny. Enjoying this this conversation. <laughs> that's because it's a great conversation. Yeah. So you're talking about that's interesting. The old model versus the new model. Yeah. So so I I I was under the old uh, system. Okay. And uh, so I taught some more, continued to teach, but I also used this technology in school. So there was a benefit of stakeholders involved here. Mm-hmm. Um, the students could get exposure to this real uh, neat technology. Uh, finite element analysis technology is the is the stress is for stress calculating strength and weights, okay. and heat and uh, physics of uh, things. You know, figure out how big you want to need to make them so that they don't break. Right. Um, so students could benefit, the school benefited. I was able to, um, you know, offer this product. And that's where I started selling. Okay. I mean, I, um, an engin- I'm an engineer. Right. But I, um, I got over this sales uh, stereotype of a salesman, a high-pressure salesman, you mm-hmm. know, foot in the door, you know, in the front door with a vacuum cleaner. I'm just going to, you want to slam the door? No, I've got my toe in there. Right. And I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not leaving until you give me an order, that type of stuff. I, that was my stereotype of a salesman. That's what but you, that's what you, that's what you envisioned kind of, every salesperson. Yeah, like. right. and that's why I didn't want to be. You, you didn't know, want to be that uh, guy. Right. No. But then I realized, I read uh, Tom Hopkins's material. Okay. Uh, he's got a excellent book, How to master the art of selling Mm -hmm. and he's got some um things in there that allowed me to overcome the stereotype Mm -hmm. negative part Mm -hmm. of look i'm actually here to help right find a solution uh if it's not for you no no harm no foul Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be high pressure right and um it's that kind of approach and so I was at the university offering the software. I organized uh, conventions. I was pretty, I was hustling again. Right. Um, I <clears throat> actually brought a professor from UC to South Africa. Really? Professor David Brown. He came and uh, gave a paper at, he was the keynote speaker. I think looking back again, you know, it's going to go forward because that's one of the reasons why we ended up here in the end. Okay. Uh, But that would be years later. Uh, He came and so I had the software there. It was also a good time because the software ran on a PC that was just making the breakthrough. Right. And it was like, wow, you can get this technology on a PC. (laughs) So um, that business became such that I could no longer. I started hiring people. I could not stay at the university anymore. You were getting that busy. Yeah, I was getting that busy. The university also. Uh, we had a change of leadership, and you know how that is. People don't really resign businesses as much as they resign their bosses. Hmm. Um, They're not. It's not like yeah. Most people don't quit. It's like oh, I hate what my company does. They say I can't stand my boss. Right, or I can't say that my co And when there's a boss change is when... A lot of people leave. A, a lot of people, a lot of disruption. Yeah, because the people were saying so that they was, liked it. And I was, uh, you know, I was uh, in a case study of right. that, an anecdote in there, data point. Right. Uh, so then it was good. Because uh, they the new guy said, no, this, you know, you guys, these businesses that you have here at the university, you're, you're, you're screwing the university. 
which was not true. Um, he wanted more of the PhD stuff. He wanted us to do PhDs. He wanted us to do research grants, mm -hmm. write, you know, get money from the government. And that was not for me. Um, so several of us actually left. And then, so that's when I went into full-time, uh, this company called MECAD. Okay. Mechanical Engineering CAD. Well, that's why, okay, MECAD. M-E-C-A-D, -E right? Yeah. Okay. It turned, the brand, it turned into MECAD. Like MECAD. Yeah. It's not <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. I still, still have that, uh, that business is still there. MECAD Systems PTY Limited in South Africa. Really? And, okay. Um, that business, I founded that business. I still own it. Okay. Um, we are the SolidWorks distributor for South Africa. It's an important leading uh, CAD system. Right. I've heard in, Solid, in for, I've heard for SolidWorks. For mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, Very a premium edge. one. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not free. So uh, there's investment and stuff involved, uh, as opposed to some of the other ones that you that has very low uh, entry point. But right. It's for professionals. Um, so. Um, so I want to I want to I want to jump in on something because you were talking about sales. So I I just I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more. Like you said, okay, I learned how to not be a high pressure sales. Like what 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 does that mean? That means you're educating more. That means what does that mean exactly? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, um, there is some mechanics mm -hmm. about sales that that you that you learn, right? Um, that I knew early on, uh, just from my culture necessarily, and from my dad. I didn't pick those things up. Mm -hmm. I worked for a guy. Uh, along there with that that cad vendor right. that was a brilliant salesman and right. i um i was just blown away by his way of doing it mm -hmm. how he would you know not push stuff but he would ask questions mm -hmm. to the point where he would ask it in such a way is that the customer eventually says look i mean i can see now we have no other way but to go with yours <laughs> Right, right. And it's just through questions. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you going to do this? All right, so if you do that, then how would you uh, integrate it with that? Mm -hmm. um, if it doesn't have that function. And and then if, uh, how would you then approach that? Mm -hmm. And he would just ask questions to the point of, so so some of those mechanics, there, there's mechanics involved in mm -hmm. sales. Uh, there are closing techniques that um, that just resonated with me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would demo software because oh, I was now with this vendor, right, right, and I'm the application engineer. So they bring in customers, and now so you they, show it off, right? I have to show. So um, there are signs when you show something where you can, you need to stop showing now. Now, engineers are not like that. They don't really want to stop. They yeah. want that high. Ooh, yes, wow, can you see this function? <laughs> um, but that's not how you, how you succeed. Mm -hmm. You can over-demo and 
you had the guy sold and then you show something and he's like, show me that again. Ooh, no, that's that. You can talk yourself out of the sale. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, many things like that, uh, Cole. I've, I actually, over the years, have made a study of sales, the science of selling. Uh-huh. Um, and, and at Sigma Tech, I mean, we've we developed a playbook. Okay. Uh, an accountability and uh, an effectiveness and activity level playbook. Okay. That, uh, that drove our sales organization. And, and you know, how... Um, because you, an amateur, mm-hmm. I would say business person, a young person wanting to start out with business, would say, uh, for example, Oof, I need to be cheaper, right? Uh, because uh, that's, I'm going to get the business. Right, right. I have to be less expensive. Yeah. Uh, well, no. That's worst mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. You need to be at least twenty percent more expensive. Mm-hmm. That perceived value that you the perceived value. Yeah. So how? So now you have to have a product that is fit for a opportunity for for the opportunity and for for the task. But that's what we did at Sigmatic. Man, we focused on that um, quality piece mm-hmm. of it. The technology. We were so our Sigmatic business playbook involved a concept called make or break there was one of the you know many steps in there okay um and our make or break was the innovation piece how to innovate not invent there's a difference Mm -hmm. we don't you don't have to invent everything but you can be like microsoft they did not invent hardly anything but they innovate they make it better make it work better together um, and uh, then they maybe invent a little bit around the edges Um, but I mean look at how it's all they they pushed out the different you know I mean Lotus and and whatever they didn't invent the spreadsheet they didn't invent word Uh, it was word perfect or you know whatever those early ones were Um, so the focus on awareness of functionality and then making it better and really focusing on user experience and but then bringing it back to sales mm-hmm. is to to then say all right um, this this is the best one this is the best right. one um, so you claim it mm-hmm. you claim the best and then you have to show some evidence. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, this company bought it, that company, you know, this, this right, router here's a company. Here's a happy testimonial, yeah, right. Uh, and they looked at everything. So there was a little narrative, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, but in life, there's, there's, you know, in any tech, uh, capital investment you're going to make, there are three things to consider. You know, you, you, you're going to look at the quality of the, of the technology. Mm-hmm. You're going to look at the service. And you're going to look at the price. Right. And nowhere you will you find a vendor that outperforms in all three at the same time. You're right. going to have to compromise on one of them. Um, you can go to Walmart, you'll get the Samsung TV, and so you'll get the quality and the good price. But if you go back there with a the big TV in a cart 
and you're going to ask the guy, how do I hook this up to my, you know, I want to make a studio at home and I want to all the multimedia stuff. Well, first of all, you have to find somebody in the store. <laughs> Track them down. Yeah. Hit the buttons. Yeah. And, 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 and good luck. The service is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, please contact the manufacturer, sir. Um, good luck with that. Yeah. So you, when you're in software, you, you're going to buy software for a business. There is nothing that you can uh, compromise on as far as technology or uh, service is concerned. The only thing you can compromise on is the price. Right. Uh, and then your price has to be more expensive a little bit. Otherwise, so if you make all of this uh, case and you cost less. It makes no sense. <laughs> it, uh, then it just undermined. It's suspiciously cheap. Uh, right. It makes you know? it, it's like it raises a question mark. Like, hold on yeah. a second. Yeah. You mean you're telling me you got better service, you got the features I need, the quality I need, but you're 20% less. Yeah. Like, like it's how, not gonna, it's wait, not how gonna is work. that possible? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've, and and that's uh, the uh, an example of the sales science that I really enjoy and learned about, mm-hmm. experienced, tried, um, and then you know got success well, from. I, the reason I, I came back to that bench, so you know, is a I'm a I'm a diehard. I love I love everything about sales, and we've talked about this on the podcast several times, but. I think selling, uh, the, the psychology behind it, the human nature, the the uh, multi—you know—there's not ever just one answer. It's it's a very multifaceted process. I just think it's super interesting. I, I think the the science behind it. When you're talking about that, like it, it gets me excited because I think, you know, there there are so many levers that you can pull when it comes to selling, and so I I a, I absolutely love that. But I also love the fact that you pointed out that. That is, you know, sticking to that, understanding how that works. That was kind of how you, a lot of how you were able to to, to scale Sigma Tech, right? A lot yeah. understanding that and, and adapting it, and understanding and, and putting a playbook together. That's how you were able to consistently grow the business, right? Yeah. Eventually, it came down to, um, you know, so once we were going mm-hmm. with Sigma Nest. Um, <clears throat> Then it became a question of how to scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, at, in the end, if you want more sales, get more salespeople. Okay. That was the only thing that worked. Right. Um, you can get some growth out of a salesperson. Right. Year on year. Uh, maybe 5%, maybe 10%. The, excluding the ramp up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you've got somebody that is, uh, we call it at the activity level and at the efficiency level that you want. Mm-hmm. And we had a model for those things. Okay. Um, beyond that, certainly giving more territory doesn't work. That works. I have evidence of it being counterproductive. More territory, less sales. Mm. The guy is scrambling all over the place, and it's not coverage. It doesn't get coverage. Mm-hmm. We we had a guy that covered Ohio, Pennsylvania, and I think New York. We have this territory, and his a number went up because he was able to focus more. Yeah, 
So he would, uh, he was able to visit a customer and then do a proper job instead of rushing off to the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. He could have the conversation about, well, we appreciate your business. Thank you very much. Who else do you think might be able to benefit from this? Mm -hmm. um, I've I've got case studies and examples of where um, we had been trying to get in. It's in the CRM system. They won't take our calls. Mm -hmm. And then this guy said, no, I know that guy. He's across the street, just two blocks down. He doesn't want to talk to you. Hello, come on, let me pick up the phone. Right. And he calls him, no, you have to talk to my buddy. Yeah. And we made the sale yeah. over there. Um, so, you know, uh, the overcoming of, you know, getting in and the cold calling, and that is hard. Who wants to take the cold call? Mm -hmm. Who wants to make the cold call? Yeah. Um, but you have to do it. So, um the other piece of sales science is lead gen, which is more marketing. Mm -hmm. But that uh, was also something very intentional for us, the lead gen and, and the, the sales guys had a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Marketing, you cannot say, oh, marketing doesn't give me leads. Uh, they all play off of one another. They're all important. <laughs> yeah. 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 Marketing must give, but. Knowing what you know today, what would you tell your younger self about business that you didn't know at the time? Um, I heard this all through my career, but I, I, I never really believed it and sure. embraced it, um, is how, how important alignment of the team members are. Mm -hmm. um, so I made a lot of mistakes with that. I um, would tell myself, no, make sure that you get good people, good people. I'm a bit, so as a teacher, you have to play the hand you dealt in the classroom, mm -hmm. all right? And there's a little bit of that that rubbed off on my business approach. I would be, man, I'm gonna give this guy a chance. All right. He's not exactly, but I'm sure we can get him. All right. Or her. We can develop. Yeah. Um, and this is where uh, Yandre is, my son is very different. He is absolutely uh, ruthless <laughs> in terms of um, non-negotiable about you gotta have core values. Okay, okay. He knows what his core values are. Um, now he, um, he kind of introduced this when he was at Sigma Tech, mm -hmm. um, he did his MBA through Miami of Oxford okay. and they, they do a nice job of, you know, strategy. They have a nice class on strategy there. He yep. did it through the Westchester campus, okay. um, uh, part-time. And so he used Sigma Tech for the, uh, class on div understanding what your core values are as an organization. Okay. Not so much a mission, and not so much the the you know the strategy from that point of view, but the core values. And um, we were able, and it's not aspirational; it's what they are, right? Um, and the it cannot be things like trust or honesty. Um, those are not core values that distinguish. Um, that would be like a restaurant saying, "Well." 
our unique thing is that our silverware is clean. <laughs> right. Okay, everybody. Okay, it's it be, it's a pay to play. You yeah. know, that those are uh, sort of minimal mm -hmm. uh, require honesty, you know, um, trust, mutual trust, respect, those things. Those have to be like, yeah, understood those, and done. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. What, what the core values are that, that you, that differentiate is where, what's different about you mm -hmm. that is sort of attractive. And we, 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 we kind of went through that whole process of understanding and, and how you do it is you look at people you really admire mm -hmm. in the organization, outside of the organization, and you, and you list all these adjectives as, as a leadership team. Right. You go through such an exercise or key people, not just the executive committee, a larger group, mm -hmm. and then uh, you distill it down. And so that would be one point. I made a mistake, for example, in Germany, to be honest, you know, I don't wanna to speak too much out of the company. Right. But I fumbled that. Whereas in Italy, I did a great job, you know, I, I can say, and it's in spite of me mm -hmm. that, because uh, the guy in Italy was just a fantastic guy. And the guy that I got in uh, Germany was not a strong leader, he was weak. Didn't work out. Didn't, didn't he, work he didn't out. Fit, left the company didn't early fit the on. Bill. Right. And um, I lost momentum. Mm -hmm. When he left, um, he was a Bundesliga player, you know, soccer right. and all that. But um, no, he didn't have the passion and the and the vision that okay. he had. Uh, so that's one. I'm sure there are some others if oh, I, I like can think about it. Yeah. Uh, going back to your core values call out, I like that a lot. It sounds like your core values kind of led you to a competitive advantage, maybe. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, eventually. I mean, once we uh, started getting more intentional about it. Sure. Like how we, we understood that it's not HR mm. that's important. It's OD, organizational development. Mm. Okay. Of which HR is a, is, is a part of it. Yeah, it's a part of it, and it's more like the um, regulation part of it. Mm -hmm. But what about leadership development? What about uh, getting the right people in the right seats? Understanding the... Um, the GWC, the get it, want it, and has capacity, you know, Gina Wickman's stuff. Right, yeah. um, um, the, the organizational development, that, that, that helped a lot once we understood um, through, like we, 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 did, we did quite a bit of Gina Wickman's, you know, the EOS. I mm -hmm. don't know if you guys have spoken about that. Familiar with it. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good for small companies, um, you know, medium-sized companies. Right. Um, they have there a thing called a people analyzer, which is where you go through your core values. Now, for example, at Sigma Tech, we had helping others mm -hmm. would be a core value. If you're at your desk and I come over, hey, my, my laptop, it doesn't want to print. We had that value. Now it's distractive, but you're gonna come help me. If I look at our best people, in the company, they would just help. Yeah, but that's that's huge, right? That's a huge. That's a character. That's yeah. a, that's, a, that's deeper than. I love that. I love that specific call out because that's deeper than, you know, 
oh, this person's, you know, punctual. Like, no, they're they're helpful. And and you're saying we didn't just say helping others. It wasn't just something we thought. It was, you know, we're gonna be and that comes down to like being working together, right? Like I'm gonna come to you and say, Hey, I need help with something. You drop it, and it come, you come. You come to me and need something. I'll drop what I'm doing and help you. And that that drops off on the customers because that's really it. where it where it gets uh, customer satisfaction and then investment in the organization. So um, yeah, uh, the 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 whole uh, alignment of, of core values and and really um, making it something real in the business when you hire, for example interview questions um, would, would touch on these points without necessarily the, the candidate knowing it. Mm-hmm. But we would want to tell us something that, um, tell us something that you really uh, know a lot about, mm-hmm. that you really like. Because mm-hmm. we had another uh, core value that's called engineering curiosity. Mm. Uh, so we would want somebody, ooh, I like, you know, I build gaming computers and I make them air cooled and water cooled and you know, I mean, liquid right. nitrogen cooled, right, or whatever. And so then, okay, that that is the kind of thing that you want. And then that would be a high score on the engineering curiosity because in the tech game, you know, with something like Sigma Nest, uh, you need to uh, be curious mm-hmm. about what's going on, otherwise. Otherwise, you're gonna stop it. Stop yeah. innovating, like you said. Yeah. Um, I, I did have another follow up question to, you know, you're talking about Sigma Ness, and, and throughout this conversation, I think we've heard all these different phases of your life, right? And you kind of walked us through, you know, you you grew up in Johannesburg, Johannesburg, and then you know you went to school, and then you started work, and you traveled the world, and you came back, and and then worked at a university. So you've had these different phases. And one of my questions to you is, and this is more of a, you know, what tips or advice can you give to young, you know, people of our generation and younger and maybe even a little older for balancing your time? Did you ever struggle with finding a balance and how did you prioritize? Because it sounds like you've, I mean, I, I know you pretty well. I mean, you you're still got your hands full with stuff. And and so how did you find a balance for that? I mean, were there, there are times in your life where... It was more difficult. I'm sure there were. Where you had to put your head down, and you know. Um, no, the balance is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important. Uh, if you're going to ask Anita, my wife, uh, she's going to say, you know, I'm not that. You know, I'm, I'm sometimes not balanced. Okay. Um, but I, uh, at the same time, I, I didn't work on weekends. Um, when somebody says, "Oh, I'm I'm working seventy and eighty hour weeks." I get a little bit um, suspicious about that. <laughs> okay. Um, you want the weekends off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday night, I'm going to start worrying about the week. I'm going to, you know, what is on this week? Right. Um, and I'd, I'd be away some nights mm-hmm. in the week. I would travel. Um, so those things were not so nice. I, I had to travel for business. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I would probably be at the height of it, probably be away a couple of nights a week, every week. Okay. Um, so that was somewhat hard, but mm-hmm. weekends, try to be at home on the very odd occasion. Um, 
And then uh, when you're with the family, um, I mean, those are things that are hard to do. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, go to church and those kinds of things. And, and that was very helpful mm-hmm. uh, for me. Um, and and also got me, you know, back on an even keel. Right. Uh, sometimes. Re-centered, when, uh, yeah. Yeah, re-centered. Uh, that was very important. Um, to where, because there's a lot of distraction, even if, if you're at home now, you're tired. Well... Am I going to just go play um, Age of Empires? Right. Or am I going to go sit with my kid and and, and play Lego? Um, so I try to to play with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a, we got ourselves an RV, so we we had a Winnebago, mm-hmm. and 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 we took it all over the place. You know, from Maine to New Orleans to Colorado. I've got a picture of us in Times Square, New York City in broad on Broadway. Yeah. In the in the R V. Oh my I love I've it. I've got the picture. I love it. And uh it was the thirty first of December. Oh it, it was, was cold. It was new it was New Year's Eve. Okay. Five PM in a traffic jam of buses. <laughs> Dang. And we're in the RV. And I mean, everybody's white-eyed, including I'm driving. It. And we are wide-eyed, man. Everybody's looking at it. What the heck? This, this RV is lost. These guys are totally lost. Reminds and, me of like uh, a Chevy Chase movie. <laughs> you know, Chevy Chase. Yeah, or Robin Williams. Yeah. You know. um, but um, we tried to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's not perfect, but the kids are around Cincinnati, so we couldn't have been well too bad uh, in in terms of that. Well, I, I guess you know what I what I hear you saying is a. I kind of looked over at Hayden when you said the the seventy to eighty hour because we've talked about that and we both subscribe to. You know, sometimes you just have to work those hours. Like okay. sometimes there's not an option, right? You got a big project going on, you you know, and it's just going to take manpower, right? It takes, you know, whether you're coding something, whether you're building out a project, whether you're sometimes you got to spend, you know, you have a week where you're putting in extra mm-hmm. time. But I subscribe and Hayden and I both kind of subscribe to the same thing you do, which is if you manage your time efficiently, you do what you need to get done, you prioritize what needs to happen during the day, right? Let's say let's say you work an eight to five or a nine to five or you know a seven to four, whatever you want your eight or nine hour day to be. If you prioritize that right and fit that in, then there's there is no better way to to shift from that than to take that to really focus on your time outside of work as truly like your time away from that. Because I feel like the more you're getting that balance, the more you're getting those weekends off or those nights off, A, your family and your friends and your and your loved ones are going to be more appreciative, but also you're going to put in, you're going to be way more productive during the time that you are working. Yeah. And so I just, you know, you have a lot, you know, especially if you're on social media, for like, you know, our generation, everybody's like, you know, I work a hundred hours a week and I do this, this, and this. And it's just like, a probably not and b like that's not cool like that's i'm not saying that i didn't struggle with some of these right things. right i mean i did struggle well, we all um, do. with with um i'm notoriously late with stuff okay. um, so i procrastinate the hard things and 
um, you know, I'm always late with my taxes. Uh, so it's not fun. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you aspire and you try. I ended up understanding my, my role at the company, I think, well, mm -hmm. in the end. Okay. Which is, I had four roles. Um, my first one was strategy. So um, that is this whole understanding of what the company's strengths and weaknesses are and what, what our make or break is and what our values are mm -hmm. and, and, and developing all of that into a playbook of, all right, so how are we going to do this? Right. And then uh, this, the second one was um, team building. Uh, that's probably my hardest one where um, you have your monthly all hands on deck meeting, you've global, you know, you're on the, they've, they web exit everywhere. Right, right. And you now have to say, you know, there's a one hour meeting and now you have to say, come on. You know, <laughs> rah, let, rah. Yes. And, and you're the coach. Right. Um, now I coached rugby here uh, for, for 10 years. In, in Cincinnati for, uh, well, there's Moeller has a team. Right. Uh, Santa X has a team. Uh, and then uh, there's, I coached a team in the north called Indian Springs Jets. Okay. Um, it's a high school under 19 uh, rugby league. Uh, at the time, there were about eight teams here. And so um, the boy, my boys played. And, and uh, I Did coached. Did you play? I, I played, but you know. I was not big enough. <laughs> uh, even though in rugby, you can have different sizes. Mm -hmm. You know, the scrum half has to be very, um, you know, agile and smaller. Right. Uh, and things like that. But I um, I thought that the coaching was um, the, it really resonated with the boys. Um, the kind of players here in America, not so much the footballers, some of them, the coaches from football were very uh, against us. They didn't want us to recruit. Yeah, because you were taking uh, They the, were yeah. very, very hostile. Mm -hmm. But we found uh, that the wrestling coaches were very in favor of us. Okay. Because wrestling is a winner. And then in the spring we play. Yeah, Those guys play. Out. And rugby is very much soccer with wrestling. It's not so much the crashing tackles that you have in football. Because uh -huh. you have to use your arms. Right. Um and so the takedowns are very more like uh, wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, and I was amazed by how similar running a business is from coaching rugby. And I'm sure, and there are a lot of books from football coaches and different coaches that apply to business. Really? Because it's, yeah, uh, there's a book called Above the Line. It's a very good book. It's the coach of uh, Ohio State. I forget the guy's name. Tressel, maybe? Jim Tressel? No, is it? It's called Above the Line. I'm writing it down now while you're talking. Yeah, it's a very good book. I've, I thought that book resonated because mm. uh, it has to do with blame when mm. things go wrong. Yeah. Um, versus, you know. And I don't know where I get these things from. It's it's none of this is mine mm -hmm. that I ended up with, but it, it, it attached to me. You know? <laughs> like when things go, you should have a window in your office. Okay. And a mirror. You guys know that one, right? I know the window. 
I've never heard the mirror. The the window is for when things are going right. Mm -hmm. Then you look at the people. You can look at it, everything, right? And look at the people making it go right. When things go wrong, that's you when yourself. you look in the mirror. Okay. Not the other way around. Uh, I don't want to get political over here, but, uh, you know. No, you're allowed to. You can get wherever you well, want. Well, Trump so. says uh, if the guy, he, he uh, um, nominated or promoted some candidates now right. in this disastrous past election. Right. As far as I'm concerned, disastrous. And he uh, said that if they win, it's he's, he's uh, you know, he's going to take full credit. Right. But if they lose, uh, it's their fault. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, so I, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need the mirror and the window. And so uh, that that is, uh, there's another saying that I heard somewhere is that you can, you know, anybody can, can struggle mm -hmm. through some adversity. But if you really want to see character, give power. And and so, and and how 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 does that leader? I think that's where leadership. Anyway, so um, I was saying my role was strategy, team building, a deal making. Yeah. Uh, and that was you know about the science of sales and the pricing and and then the last one is a little bit unusual, but I could not delegate this one, and that's innovation is to, and I think, you know, this is a little bit of my fellow South African, old Musk, old Elon. Yeah. Uh, he's big on innovation. Oh, huge on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I felt that uh, that was so important for that kind of business that we had, is to continue to innovate. So I was very interested in that. I really enjoyed that piece. Mm -hmm. And so now, since we're out of Sigma Tech, I'm doing that kind of same thing with Yandre in his business, uh, Mock Machines. That's what I was gonna. I was gonna. I want. I want to hear about Mock Machines. Yeah. So Mock Machines, it's off to the races. He's off. He's off the off the runway. Okay. It was difficult. Uh, you know, he had COVID. Uh, not. I mean, he had COVID, but he had the COVID uh, impact yeah, was, on the business. Yeah, he was. It, well, you guys were start, last time we talked. I think. Uh, shoot, that was two and a half years ago. Yeah. That was like right when you guys were. I mean, you're like, yeah, I got this new mock machines. Like we're in the early stages. I was like, all right, can't wait to see what you guys do. Um, now it's very much his business, right? I'm I'm absolutely just an advisor. Okay, I'm not. I'm I don't have an interest in it. Um, I um, just in just. I mean, extremely grateful for the opportunity to work with my son. Are you kidding me? And, yeah, that's uh, huge. So you said the day you said to me, Dad, I've got a desk for you here in the office. You want it? said absolutely i'm taking it mm -hmm. now i'm not a very good employee i mean i'm showing <laughs> up uh you know like once a week or so but uh i went to a show with them okay here uh, a couple weeks ago in atlanta and they did a fabulous job they're right there they're already making impact now so they do um for anybody that's not listening i mean that's, that's listening and doesn't know who mock machines is and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to try to say it because I think I did a little bit of research. Okay. Automi automated robotic welding. Yes. Arc welding. Arc welding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what is that exactly? Like, where does that apply? You know, who could benefit from that? Uh, any f uh, fabricator okay. in the heavier 
materials. Okay, like, like big heavy metals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, thicker, a little bit thicker materials. Okay. Trailers, uh, agricultural. You know, if you look at um, uh, construction machinery, for instance, the buckets, the arms of the excavators, even the frames of these machines are initially cut with laser machines, mm -hmm. uh, folded on press brakes, and then welded together. And that kind of welding is what they do. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, arc welding. And so they do software, they have software. Okay. And then they uh, represent this Japanese company for the, for the, for the actual robots. Okay, for the machinery itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they started off, you said about two and a half years, and, and you're saying they're just... Yeah, they're doing, they're 15 people. Okay. Um, and again, he's got a fabulous team there. Really nice guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, if you come to the office, you'll see Nerf balls everywhere. And, you know, there's lots of Lego there. So, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's, uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, it's part of the it's culture. Just, it's, it is. It mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, and uh, But they've pulled off some interesting where the industry has noticed them. Okay. And again, this is what is so, I think, powerful is when you have a customer that says, well, these guys. Yeah, they're referring uh, either say, hey, I yeah, wouldn't use anybody else. Yeah, these guys did it here. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got our machines. I remember we had this conversation, and this this reminds me of what you're saying. I remember back when I was when I was running Parity Water, and he said, just get the first customer, just that one person. You got to land the first customer, and you got to get them, make them so happy. Because that goes along, and I've learned that over the years. I mean, you treat somebody right, you take care of them, you give them something that's useful, that makes yeah. their life easier, makes what they're doing better, creates more – there's there's different facets to it. But it sounds like, like you said, mock machines. What your son's doing there is they've found that, and they're starting to get notice from their customers. And that's going to be that's, – that's, the sky's the yeah. limit for them, yeah. it sounds like. No, so that's, that's very nice. I'm very grateful to, to be able to see it and to um, – to be a part of it mm -hmm. i'm less a part of uh, my son-in-law's business he's uh, doing a fabulous job it's his second go around though okay he had the first company with my daughter uh they started that together uh that was called seo exposed okay and they worked in this field of helping people rank on google mm -hmm. uh and so um i I they consulted me quite a bit there, and so I I, I think I was able to contribute some, mm. uh, particularly on setting uh, a quality expectation with a quality a price that reflects that, mm -hmm. and then once you have that kind of funding, you can put you can throw resources. the The thing is self uh, empowering. If you charge enough for a project. You have the resources to apply uh, talent, right, and get results. Uh -huh. So it actually um, selling it at a discount is a premeditated misery <laughs> uh, because you're not going to have the money to do a proper job, right? And and that's um, so. But anyway, so they sold that. I thought it was way too early. So Cornell and Tim sold the business uh, after three years into it. And I'm like, man, these millennials, you know, they cannot just stick it out a little bit. <laughs> um, but upon, you know, reflection now and looking back, um, 
it was the right thing to do okay. because he was able to start this back up, Tim. Uh, and he was also, you know, they had more clarity between Tim and Cornell. She by now, she has three kids. Mm-hmm. She's really involved in the school and she's she's a very talented marketer. Mm-hmm. She's also done MBA. She did it through Northern Kentucky. Okay. Um, and so on and so forth. But her priorities changed a little bit. And to where Tim could really focus on 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 establishing and driving this in new new things. So right. th- that's Ilium SEO is okay. what he then started. Yeah, and he's got a partner in there. He's got a um, good tech guy. Right. He's got his CTO is part owner of the business. Okay. And um, this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Paul, forget his last name. Um. So they're doing very well. And, you know, I am able to see and so on, but he's, Tim is going. He's, for example, he is the SEO for uh, Xavier University uh, Business really? School. Yeah. He's there, you know, so he's on the basketball, you know, helium SEO and he's uh, court That's, tight seats and crushing, all of this. They're crushing yeah, it, is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. He, it sounds like he, the first one, they, they learned some stuff, yeah. they sold it. Yeah. And now you're saying and they bring value to the customer, right? Which is, is what, huge. what it is. It's huge, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the other thing that I'm involved with is, um, as you know, mm-hmm. is 1819 mm-hmm. UC's um, venture lab, right? Incubator, accelerator. I've, um, and the, that's where the balance um, needed some adjustment. Mm-hmm. I got involved in some things very early on, very quickly, probably got over my, in over my okay. head with, uh, you know. Like other, other startups and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, sudden rush of blood to the head. <laughs> enthusiasm. <laughs> and, um, you was know. that after you exited from like Sigma Tech? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I'm also realizing the phases of, of you know, supposed retirement. <laughs> you know, there's the vacation phase. Right. That doesn't last very long. You know, you can only, I mean, I don't want to sound, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then then the loss sets in, the Mm. loss of um, identity and, you know, relationships and purpose and things like that. That's tough. And then, uh, you know, then there's trial and error. (laughs) I'm hoping that I'm sort of pulling out towards the end of the trial and error. Okay, okay. Um, and, uh, And then, ends up with helping others mm-hmm. i think is what my conclusion is here is uh, if those opportunities so uh, um i like with that. 18 19. it's as simple as that <laughs> no it really is if you boil it down I'm, I'm oversimplifying it but any type of business or if you want to be successful in life is helping other people yeah. out you're yeah. you're driving value yeah, yeah, yeah. did you invest so, in any other companies through 18 19 or are you more serving as the mentor role um, I've invested in some, nothing that's um, that interesting now. Okay. Uh, we've we've had some some face plants. Okay, there. one of them. Some lessons learned. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the and and that's the movie one. There's a movie. You told one. me about yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a face plant. Okay. Um, and and that has to do with um, you know, I'm a B two B guy. That's mm-hmm. just what I realized. Mm. I'm not a B two C. Um, and the movie industry, you know, you're going to be with um, the movie making business is complicated. And 
it's feasted or famine. Mm-hmm. They either have a lot of money for a movie or they have no money. There's no middle ground. Yeah. And when they have all the money, then nothing matters. It's just, so it's chaos city. It's okay. We're going to get it made. Mm-hmm. And our argue, our value proposition was, no, we're going to help you sort out the chaos by planning better. Mm-hmm. No, there need. was no need for it. Well, I'd, I don't want to go into, I, it was, it didn't, go where we thought we're picking up what you're putting down yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll leave it at that cole do you want to wrap things up with some quick hitters yeah you, you can go first shoot, shoot away do you prefer so what we typically do as we wrap up our podcast yeah. um i mean we'd love to keep going maybe we'll have you no, back no, on in, in the future um but we typically just do some quick conversations or quick uh questions and answers sure. uh, i think i kind of know the answer to this but would you rather prefer driving to your destination or would you prefer flying uh, i drive to chicago okay so nice now if i have my own plan i prefer flying oh i can't wait you're gonna take me on a flight now right <laughs> yes. yes let's go yeah. yeah um okay i'll hit you the next one skyliner gold skyliner gold star definitely skyline yes. okay okay that's the only answer that's the i right just thought answer. of a, i just thought of a funny one it's not that funny but it's funny one. i'm just gonna say it. <laughs> football or fo- football because <laughs> you like soccer soccer football or regular football that's why i thought it was funny i do have uh season tickets at fcc okay cool. oh that's nice. so you're uh, uh you're a soccer football yeah I thought it was in my head. I was laughing at myself. I was like, this is so stupid. But that I'm one fell flat. That, yeah. that didn't even go to the rugby side of that, things. No. Yeah, I thought you were going to say football was, or rugby. I was thinking football or rugby, but I'm like, oh, this will be funny if I say football or football. And I'm like, this is not going to be funny, but I'll still say what it. What about football or rugby? Um, I like college football. Okay. I, I do like the tradition around that. Who's your team? If you have one. I've been to the I've been to uh, Michigan, mm. but it's I like to support uh, Ohio State. Okay, so um, I've never been there though. I need you guys with all your contacts to organize. I've never been to an Ohio State game either. Yeah, my so, brother's going to the game this weekend. Yeah, the Michigan Ohio Ohio State game. He's at Ohio that State. It's the biggest game. It is, and uh, so he's a he's a senior there right so now. So that is a fabulous tradition. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely fabulous. Oh, yeah. I think we can make it happen. We got some connections. We can yeah, let's do it. Let me know. Yeah. So before the next one, then. We got you. All right. Um, okay, what well, was <laughs> a football football one was not that Day fun. or night, do you they, have a preference? Um, That changed. That changed? Okay. Yeah, I was more of a night person earlier on. But I like getting up early now. The yeah. farm, the... I just love that you farm. We have to get, we have to have you on another episode to get into that more. I mean, maybe we'll have Sarah and Josh on too. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. Okay. Okay. Well, let's see if we can think of anything else. Good coffee oh, though. It has ooh, to be. Ooh, I got one. Software or hardware? I like software. Software? Yeah. Okay. I like software. That's all I got. One last one. Gas-powered or electric-powered cars? I'm going to get a uh, another gas 
car. Okay. But my daily driver is battery. Okay. Yeah. And I'm very happy with it. I actually lied. I got one more question knowing that you've got an electric car. What's the biggest downside of having an electric car? No sound. It's very fast. Mm. But not no sound at all. No sound. I've heard of their quiet, like quiet as a mouse. Like, I mean, literally, it's like silent, it's just, right? Whoosh. <laughs> that's pretty sweet does the mileage bother you at all or anything like that like i've heard from other people like you can only take it 200 300 miles like if you're going on a road trip like you'd have to go fill up when i bought uh, i've got a model s okay and i bought it right at the beginning of covid okay mm. they had a special unlimited lifetime supercharging for free oh nice that's sick I oh, know. I wanted to get the Plaid, which is the newest one. Yeah. Now, I do have the dual motor performance. So I have the, what do you, Cheetah stands with ludicrous mode. I do have that. <laughs> okay. And uh, you cannot really use it. I mean, it's very <laughs> fast. But there is the even faster one. Right. So I called Tesla. I said, um, I'd like the, uh, I'm looking at the Plaid, but I'd like that program that you have with the free unlimited supercharging. And she said, uh, we're never going to repeat that program ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loss for us. <laughs> so I've been uh, to Atlanta with it. Uh, I've been to Chicago, Cleveland. Um, okay. It tells you where to go. You have a sandwich. Oh, it's got like it a navigation to get to it. Okay. Yeah. And okay. it tells you how many slots are open. There's got a, they've got a lot of, and I've got a charger on the farm and at the house. So... So what, you're, you're plug it in. what you're saying is it's really not that big of a hassle. It's no hassle yeah. in my... For you, at least. Right. For mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think sharp. So my daughter has uh, the Model Y and the doctor has uh, Model 3. So it looks like... You're a Tesla they, family. It looks like they... Now, Yandre has a BMW M5. Oh, so, okay, okay. And that's a sweet car. <laughs> yeah, that thing will yeah. rock. <laughs> that thing will move. Yeah. That thing, I gotta meet him. I gotta meet all your yeah. kids. We gotta get yeah. another. Yeah. Um, we, right, we sh so. I wish we would have gotten to the uh, talking about Elon Musk. I know we're like, I get in the tangent, but okay. Last question I'll ask you How do you, what do you think about him buying Twitter? Like, have you heard about what's going on? Like, there's some stuff in the news and you can't believe everything you read, but I thought that was just like, I, um, I'm banned off Twitter and I'm not sure why okay. to be honest I was not even a very active user okay. but something went wrong I think I might have got hacked or something okay so I'm I'm not a Twitter user um I didn't really I'm somewhat cautious of this um very uh, lopsided necessarily you know one way of of these large companies where they can influence uh, maybe a one one a, uh, agenda. Yeah, they can do whatever. Um, basically, they can say, "Hey, we want to do this. We're just going to do this." Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And you know, screw what everybody else thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's almost too much power. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of interested that he bought it. Well, maybe he, he can level the playing playing field a little bit. Well, I mean, I think the whole thing's been interesting, but. Um, I just I I figured I'd ask because I know you you're it sounds like you're a, you're a Musk fan, um to a degree not not no not all aspects of it I like his innovation and his um, courage and I mean when he landed those rockets I was sick that was yeah what we need uh -huh. 
and and that's uh, what this country can produce. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an immigrant. He's an immigrant. Um, I think we can do better with our immigration strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who want to come here and bring their talents. Make it very hard for them. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, absolutely. So um, things like that. But I'm not, you know, all aspects of him. I don't know your lifestyle well, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's hard to like uh, all aspects of most yeah, people, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you pick so, and you say, okay, yeah. I can deal with I'm this. I'm going to cherry pick the things yeah, about, yeah. about Elon that Well, I good like. thing we don't have to be yeah. best friends with him. <laughs> Elon, when you're, I know you're listening to this, man. We appreciate your innovativeness. We do. We do. We do appreciate you. You're awesome. Keep Maybe he'll give us a shout out after this. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> all right. Tweet at us. I think, I yeah. think we can wrap up. This Thank has been... You. A phenomenal conversation. Certainly. Hey, I'm I, guys. I'm I'm just, I'm just as as energetic from, from now as I was from the get go. But <laughs> I think I could probably run you guys run you guys out of the room. Um, but I I just really appreciate Ben you coming on here, right, sharing your welcome. story, uh, all the just different phases of your life and the different ins and outs and insights, here, wisdom, uh, lo- lots uh, of good stuff. Unbelievable, right? And. And hearing you talk about your kids and and what they're doing, it it, it was eye opening. I, I know our listeners will love 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 hearing every bit of it, and we just appreciate having you on. Oh, good luck with the program. Thank you Thanks, very man. much. Bye bye.